Hi, Ezra Van is my name. I am the rebel commander here. That is not a normal job title, I acknowledge. It's a little bit of self-deprecating humor. I understand I'm not really a commander. And really, no one follows my commands anyways. So it's, uh, anyways, that's just who I am. I want a pleasure to be back in this chair uh, doing the live stream, something that I grew quite fond of during the lockdown when there was just so much to say and do. And uh, I really felt I needed an extra outlet in addition to my show every night. I do a show every night, every weeknight at 8 p.m. Eastern, which is 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about Derek Reimer, the Christian pastor who was arrested yesterday, and there's a little bit of a mystery about where he is right now. I, I should tell you that um, there has been very little coverage of this in Canadian media. There's been some alternative media coverage of it, but very little in the mainstream, mainly because they either A, don't care, B, don't know, or C, are quite happy with Christian pastors being arrested. Uh, however, last night, I actually went on uh, Tucker Carlson's show. Can I show you a six-minute clip? And in this six minutes, you'll see more journalism than on the CBC and the rest of the media combined. Take a look. That has always been the hallmark of America, religious liberty. It's in the First Amendment. But in Canada, of course, that's all disappeared. Canada has now become an atheist totalitarian state with amazing speed. And in Canada, it's now a crime to object to sexualized drag shows for children. You're not allowed to say a word. Late last month's month, a pastor in Calgary was violently throw, thrown out of an all-ages, in other words, for children, drag queen story hour for daring to object to the sexualization of children. Watch this. So that's the video. That's what happened. Who committed the violence in that video? The guy on the ground was the pastor. Before we answer the question, some context will remind you that in Canada, showing any disloyalty at all to the Trudeau government could get your bank account frozen and your truck seized. So maybe you're not surprised to learn that that man on the ground, whose name is Pastor Derek Reamer, who showed profound disrespect for Justin Trudeau's ongoing efforts to sexualize children and mutilate the genitals of children, woke up yesterday to the police banging on his door and telling him he was going to be arrested. Why are you showing up in my home? Because this is where you live, right? Yeah, you guys you could call me and we could... Sorry, you could have called me. I've been trying to. When? This morning. We need to talk about what happened on the weekend this evening, right? Why do we need to talk about it? Because you're going to be arrested for it and charged. Okay. So we can, we can go deal with it this morning, or I can just put warrants out for you. Charged with what? Mischief and causing a disturbance. Where are all the professional Christians? You have to wonder that again. Where's David French and Beth Moore and Tim Keller and all these people who are defending Christianity as actual Christians are being arrested for being Christians? Hmm. Not a word. Well, today, Pastor Derek Reamer confirmed that a warrant was out for his arrest for hate crimes. And he was right about that. He was not overstating it because this afternoon he was literally arrested. Why? Is there a reason you're blocking me from using the sidewalk? Obstruction, they're working here. I'm not going to obstruct them.
Don't worry, I'm not gonna run. <laughs> I'm gonna worry about you. We're just gonna stay out of their workspace. You mind if I ask you what he's being arrested for? You're gonna provide your identification. Pardon? Will you provide your ID? It's for you to answer the question? Yeah. Okay. Uh, why is he being arrested? He has warrants. Warrants out for his arrest? This is what happens when we go against the Drake. Wow! That doesn't like the Canada you thought you knew. All Molson and sled dogs or some stormtrooper in sunglasses won't answer a question before you provide your ID. And then the pastor sitting in a car with bars on the windows getting hauled away to jail for being thrown to the ground at Drag Queen Story Hour. We're going to be joined by Pastor Derek Bremer tonight, but he is, of course, in jail. So instead, we are grateful to be joined by Ezra Levant of Rebel News, which filmed the tape you just saw. Ezra, thank you so much for coming on. It's hard to believe that this is happening uh, in your country. Meta question first, is anyone saying anything about it other than you? Not a lot. I mean, Tucker, you have done more journalism on Christian pastors being jailed in Canada than most Canadian media. In fact, the Canadian media either ignore it or cheer it on, calling these people bigots. I should say that there were no charges emanating from the Drag Queen Story Hour itself, neither against Pastor Reimer or against the three men who roughed him up. But then the left-wing mayor of Calgary went on a Twitter rant saying that anyone who lies or engages in vitriol or is full of hate should be arrested and charged. Now, those aren't crimes, by the way. <laughs> Uh, some of them are a matter of opinion. I could think that the mayor is full of hate. But after the mayor basically directed police to arrest peaceful protesters, they did. And you saw that cop. I think he was embarrassed and ashamed of what he was doing. He had sunglasses on. He was blocking our cameraman. He had that bizarre move, show me your ID before I answer a question. I think he knows that he is doing something contrary to his oath as a police officer. Right now, we have a reporter staked out at the city jail because, Tucker, I don't know if... The, I mean, he's charged with mischief and causing a disturbance. Of course, he was the one who was disturbed by the roughing up. It'll be interesting to see if he gets out on bail or, like Arthur Pavlovsky, the other Christian pastor, if he'll serve 50 days in prison, which is what happened then. I, I say this as one of the few Americans I know, really, who sincerely loves Canada, and I mean that. But it does seem like darkness is descending on your country. I have to say, just a few weeks ago, Justin Trudeau's martial law, where he where he seized bank accounts and, and deployed riot horses because some people were honking their horns in their trucks and, and having a, a festive, peaceful opposition to the lockdowns, a judge had a lengthy inquiry, and he said, thumbs up, that there was a justification for martial law. And, and so I'm telling you, Tucker, the checks and balances in Canada no longer work. The opposition parties often don't oppose. The media cheerleads. It's not skeptical or critical. The courts are of no use. Not a single lockdown law was overturned. Our so-called Charter of Rights and Freedoms has not struck down a single action like this. And, and I'm starting to think that we might need help from abroad. And so I'd say to your audience, I know you have senators and congressmen who care about civil rights and human rights in China and Iran and places like that. And I would say, please... Cast an eye up to Canada, too, because I'm yes. worried that we no longer have the capacity to push back for human rights. And Canadian politicians are very attentive when Americans criticize or mention them. Please, American senators and congressmen, put us on your watch list 
Things are getting bad up here. And and for for context, for those who don't know, I mean, you do run the sort of the biggest dissident media organization in the country. So you're you speak with authority. Ezra, we are definitely rooting for you, and God bless and good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I was glad to be on that show last night. Have you seen anything about a pastor being arrested on the CBC or the Calgary Herald or the Calgary Sun? Um, is it commonplace? Is it so commonplace now that pastors are arrested and it doesn't even make the news? Is that how it is? Um, I mentioned to Tucker last night that there was violence at that drag queen story hour. It was violence directed at Pastor Derek Reimer. You saw that in the video. You saw three people throw him out, assault him. Um, I think that was the crime of assault. I think that that was excessive force. I don't know if they had the right to eject him from a public library to begin with. I believe in private property. That's a public facility. Um, I don't know if they rented the room and had some sort of private standing over it, but um, that looked like an assault to me. They were not charged. He was not charged either until the mayor, Gioti Gondek, issued a series of tweets. Now, can you be so kind, Olivia? Don't use the ones on my screen because they're not, they're just images. But if you can go to Gioti Gondek, unless you're blocked by her. If you can go to Jody Gondek's own Twitter page and, and pull them up there. And um, so she issued these a few days ago, and I would like to read them. Um, and again, I can't do that on my computer because I'm blocked. But I want to show you the kind of political interference that caused that bizarre police. And like, wasn't that weird? The weirdest part of that interview, I guess it wasn't weird that a guy was assaulted. Assaults happen all the time again. Wasn't the weirdest part when our cameraman, Sidney Fizard, uh, was being blocked by the cops in a really weird way? And, and they turned their back on him, and then he asked them a basic question, and they said, I'll only tell you if you give me your ID, which is, that's not a thing. I mean, if you don't want to talk to the reporters, you don't have to, but I'll tell you if you give me your ID. Well, first of all, it's not a secret. That's Sidney Fizard. It's going to be on TV in a minute, brother. But that was so weird. And he actually did not give any... Um, useful information. We arrested him because he was, uh, there was a warrant out for his arrest. Okay, yeah, we, we sort of knew that, but what were the charges? The answer is the charges were um, disturbing the peace and mischief, so they were actual crimes. But Jody Gondek, um, are you having trouble finding the date? Is that, uh, if you want to show it on my Twitter feed, that's fine. I just, I just, if you can pump that up to help me read it. So here's what she said on February 26th. So last week, this is a mayor of Calgary. I'll be, and 150,000 views of this tweet. So obviously it was read by every cop 10 times. I'll be unpacking all the reasons, in quotes, why enforcement teams and the Crown feel the street harassment bylaw and other existing bylaws legislation are not strong enough to charge demonstrators who spread vile lies and hatred in public. And then I'll be pushing for more. No more excuses. So just stop right there. That is the most insane tweet I have seen by any elected official in a long time. 
And if you could show that one again for me, because I want to zoom in on that. There are so many crazy things there. So she puts reasons in scare quotes because she obviously does not believe her own prosecutors or police. I'll be unpacking all the so-called reasons why enforcement teams in the Crown feel the street harassment bylaw and other existing bylaws are not strong enough. So the police and the prosecutors are saying to her, we can't arrest people just because you don't like them. And she is, isn't this what Danielle Smith got in trouble for not doing? That Danielle Smith has not actually stayed the prosecutions of anyone in Alberta that I know of. Um, but here's the mayor saying, I, basically saying, I asked the police to arrest these people. They wouldn't. I asked the Crown prosecutors to charge them. They wouldn't for their so-called reasons. Like, we, <laughs> And I'll be showing while I'll be pushing for some more. Hang on a second. Where is the CBC gnashing their teeth at interference with prosecutors? Why was Danielle Smith's non-interference such a subject, but not Jody Gondek's interference? Can you put that those tweets back up? I know you're doing important stuff there, but I just want to show that tweet on the screen, tweet number one again. It's so insane. This is the mayor. Normally, the, a mayor would be smart enough to do this on the phone with the police chief, not to put it... She's basically saying, I do not respect or accept the decision not to charge my political enemies. If Justin Trudeau can charge his political enemies, why can't I charge mine? I don't accept the reasons why the police and the prosecutors aren't. This, this is an insane tweet. No more excuses. They're not excuses, lady. It's the Charter of Rights. It's the criminal code. You cannot arrest people, quote, for spreading vile lies. Do you see that? She wants people arrested for lying. Now, the thing is, we don't always know what the truth is about the world. We're working on finding that out in our own ways. And an opinion is not a matter of true or false. One person can say, I like these drag queen story hours because they're inclusive and progressive. Another person can say, I dislike them because they sexualize children of tender years. That's factually true. That's a lie. Well, no, they're both matters of opinion. Now, in my view, one of the opinions is reasonable and the other is unreasonable, but they're not a lie is something that is a deliberate factual misstatement. It's not a, a mistake is not a lie. An opinion is not a lie unless you don't truly believe in it. So Jody Gondek is literally saying, I want people arrested for <laughs> lying. For lie, we don't we don't arrest people for lying. And by the way, they're not lying. They're telling the truth about their opinions. They hate these drag queen story hours. They hate what they think they're doing to kids. And by the way, I side with the people who don't let we don't sexualize children, gay, straight, whatever. Just don't talk about sex to young kids. You know, let them have a childhood of innocence. Pastor Derek Reimer is not a liar. Now, he might be wrong. He, his opinions might be unreasonable. I, I don't think either of those things. But he is not li a liar is someone who deliberately says something false. 
Someone who makes a mistake or gets something wrong is not a liar. You saw the mayor saying she wants to arrest people for lying because she assumes if you disagree with her, you must be a, willfully a liar because who could possibly disagree with Mayor Jody Gondek? Maybe she's calling the police and the prosecutors liars too. Okay, let's, let's show the second tweet. And I, sir, I know you were doing important things there. Let's go to the second tweet. Ready? Asking me to be patient and saying, we got this. Didn't work. So, so she's again talking about the police here. <laughs> she's dressing down the police on Twitter. She's saying, asking me to be patient, saying, we got this. Didn't work. We have performers being targeted for weeks now. Vitriol in front of children in the library. So she's not worried about sexualized men dressed in drag in front of children. She's worried about pastors criticizing. That's the vitriol she's talking about. These are not peaceful protests. Well, in that, I agree with her because we saw Pastor Derek Reimer get beat up. This is hate. Hate's a human emotion. Hate is not... Uh, beating someone up. Hate is in your heart. And I think that Jody Gondek is full of hate, frankly. But even if she is or isn't, having the emotion of hate in your heart uh, is no more a crime than having the emotion of love in your heart. And it cannot be remedied through the law. You cannot prosecute someone for a feelings offense. Put tweet number two up again. I just want to finish reading it. The kind of hate we rallied against for so long. It's back and it's worse. What are you talking about? What are you even, who is we rallying against hate? Hate is a human emotion. And I would say that these tweets show that Mayor Jody Gondek is dripping with hate. And by the way, she calls her peaceful pro opponents violent and claims that they're full of hate and that they're liars. They, they may be full of hate. I don't know. I, they would say they're full of love for the children. Um, I suppose if you love a victim, by definition, you might hate the perpetrator. But... These are just insane reasons that have nothing to do with crimes. Okay, we get it. Jody Gondek hates these Christian protesters. We get it. We get it. But that is not a crime. And mocking the police for saying, we got this, and the reasons. She's telling the police she does not accept what they're doing, and she's, or she's essentially ordering them to arrest her political opponents. Is this exactly what they went after Danielle Smith for, for not doing, actually? Tweet number three, why is this worse? Because we are pretending we can't take action against it. She's talking about people protesting against Drag Queen Story Hour. Consider those who marched in real protests and died in the mission for real freedom, freedom for people to be who they are. Did they fight for us to now be complacent? Action must be taken. Hey, police. Action must be taken. I am sick of asking you nicely. I want you to arrest my political opponents now. Uh, isn't that what we stormed the Normandy beaches on in, in Juneau in June 6, 1944? Didn't we take action for freedom? And by that, I mean for grown men to dress in sexually provocative ways and uh, have children's read-alongs. Isn't that what the D-Day invasion was about. We fought Hitler. We invaded to liberate for this freedom. Did they fight and die for us now to be complacent? Action must be taken. What an insane woman. Who wrote this? I bet she wrote it herself. Next tweet. I will be posting more on what I uncover about the weakness of our existing bylaws and legislation. Um, 
I think it's best that you're not in terms of, you, you know, this is not going to stand up in court. This is insane. I'll let you know what we can all do to demand better. It starts with me. I hold the greatest responsibility for this city to be a place of inclusion. More to come. Inclusion, just not for Christians or pastors or those who want to protect kids. This is perhaps the craziest mayor in Calgary. I take that back immediately as soon as uh, craziest mayor in Canada. I take those words back immediately because I know we have crazier mayors. They're just not stupid enough to put it in writing. Do you doubt that this will be exhibit A in any legal defense to her prosecution? She is literally in writing telling police they'd better damn well arrest her political enemies or she's going to do, I don't even know what she's going to do. And she's mocking the whatever advice. They, they've clearly said to her, sorry, we can't arrest people just for disagreeing with you. Having vitriol, whatever that means. These are pretty vitriolic tweets. Uh, that, that's not a crime. Lying, and by the way, I don't think that the opponents of this drag queen story hour are lying. They, they're telling the truth about their feeling. No one would protest against these drag queen story hours if they didn't believe it. A lie means you're, you're saying something you know is false. You're doing something you know is false. So, uh, yeah, you saw in the Tucker Carlson video the arrest. Thanks for going through all those, Olivia. Sorry to have you jump around. I just wanted to read. Would you agree with me? Those are insane tweets. For any lawmaker, like... Talk about fruit of a poison tree. If that's the mayor calling for arrests of your political enemies, how are any of those going to stand up in court? Just incredible. Um, apparently, Pastor Derek Reimer was released around midnight at the remand center last night. That's the jail. But a as of an hour ago, my information is that up to date. Something might have happened in the last hour, but I don't think we know where he is. When we come back, I will show you a new video by Angelica Toy of our team. But first, I want to show you an ad about our documentary series called Trudeau on Trial. Take a look at this. I am speaking to you at a moment of grave crisis when violent and fanatical men are attempting to destroy the unity and the freedom of Canada. But after weeks of dangerous and unlawful activities, after weeks of people being harassed in their neighborhoods and small businesses forced to close, democracy flourishes in Canada. We don't always agree, and that's okay. Because individual liberty is cherished in Canada. Our government will always defend freedom of expression and freedom of peaceful assembly. It has now been demonstrated to us by a few misguided persons. After evidence of increased ideologically motivated violent extremism activity across the country. Just how fragile a democratic society can be. It became clear that local and provincial authorities needed more tools to restore order and keep people safe. These are matters of the utmost gravity, and I want to tell you what the government is doing to deal with them. The federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act. 
the public's legitimate right to know why the government proclaimed an emergency and whether the actions it took were appropriate. It is our view that there was no justification whatsoever to invoke the Emergencies Act. It's so tough to watch. There's no reason for that. They were literally running the horses through the crowd. The police came straight to me and he targeted me and he, he, he took his gun of tear gas and he actually shot me directly in my legs. Was it worth invoking the Emergencies Act, ma'am, to trample on the rights and freedoms of Canadians? Why do you think excessive honking means, means that the government should strip citizens away from their rights? Our next and final witness is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Order a lot. I love those documentaries that we're doing. And by the way, we don't just show them online. We actually have in-person theatrical events that are super fun. I've attended a bunch of them myself. It is a great feeling to be in a room packed with rebels watching a film together and popcorn in a real movie theater. And uh, I hope we can expand that in the months ahead. So, um, yeah, that Jody Gondek, what a absolute crackpot. I know there are other cracked pots who are mayors, but very few of them would put something so insane in writing. Seriously, you're the chief lawmaker of a city. And that's a bit of a big phrase for a mayor. Um, to disclose in writing that the police and the prosecutors have told you they can't arrest someone, to mock their reasons, to say you're, you're furious at them, you demand better, and then ta-da, surprise, they actually say, they actually go and arrest someone after you've, after you've said that they have to arrest someone despite their better legal judgment. How is that not a poisoned arrest, a false arrest, a partisan abusive process? She is literally showing you what she's thinking. I want to arrest anyone who lies. I want to arrest anyone who engages in vitriol. She uses that word. I don't know if it means what she thinks it means. And she wants to erase, uh, uh, sorry, erase. Yeah, she wants to do that too. She wants to arrest people who um, have the feeling of hate. That's a human emotion. Now, we don't like to indulge in the feeling of hate. Uh, and if we feel hate, and if you, if you never feel hate, you don't have a normal personality. You, you know, um, normal people feel love and hate, contempt and respect. They, they, they feel a range of emotions. We don't want to be be dominated by feelings of rage or hate. The, one of the best things in life, one of the highest planes of existence in my view, is to take something that would cause you sorrow or hate and transmogrify it into a, use, use it as the spark or the catalyst to do something positive. Isn't that the best way? Something bad happens, well, to have a constructive response. So you, you don't have to act out in hate or rage. You can, you can say, that's it. I've decided I'm going to, like, you, you, if you're very embarrassed, um, you did something in your life that was embarrassing, you can say, that's it. I'm going to fix that in my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exercise and lose weight, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to practice. I'm going to be better at that. Like, what I'm saying is you can have negative feelings of hate or sorrow or jealousy and then decide to do a positive thing with those feelings, right? Obviously. Every one of us feels jealousy. I mean, what are, what, are the, what are the seven deadly sins? Help me out on this, Olivia. Sloth, I'm lazy. Avarice, I'm greedy. Rage, gluttony, 
I want to eat another slice of pizza. I'm, by the way, I'm listing my day. If I don't get six or seven, six out of the seven a day. Um, what are the other lust? What are the other sins? Help me out. Wrath, that's, that, is that anger or rage? And um, pride, the biggest one, the absolute biggest one. If obviously you have those in your heart, that's why, the, the, that's why we've heard about them. It's the human condition. Yeah, lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, pride. Um, thank you for finding those. That's a little bit, those are a little bit different than emotions. You know, sorrow is not, is not a, s a sin. Um, yeah, we put those on the screen. So it's not an emotion. Uh, wrath is an emotion. I think envy is an emotion. Greed is emotional. Gluttony, I don't know. Lust, definitely emotional. Do you understand my point, Olivia, I'm trying to make is that every single human being has these in their heart. Otherwise, it would, it, they wouldn't be archetypes of how we as people have to improve and how we have to deal with that. So to say, I will condemn to arrest and punishment anyone with wrath in their heart. I think wrath and hate are very similar. They're different, but they're, they're in the same, they're cousins. That's insane. Because every human has those in their heart. And part of being a person, part of being a good person, is to manage yourself, to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Part of, of your journey in life is to master your, your sins and control them. Don't let them control you. By the way, I think Jody Gondek should learn how to control her rage, her wrath, her pride. Imagine the pride of Jody Gondek. I don't know what, what her background is. I don't think she's a lawyer. Imagine the, the pride of someone. She has a bachelor's degree in criminology and sociology or at least she pursued it. I don't know if she got it. Then she worked at Greyhound, which I think is a bus company. Then she did urban sociology, real estate studies or something. Okay, so I don't really understand a lot of those things. But um, Would you agree with me that it's a bit of pride for someone with the background I just described to tell criminal prosecutors who are, who are lawyers and who every single day, every single day deal with who they can arrest and who they can't. Imagine the pride of a mayor saying, I know better than you. Your reasons are sham reasons. That's why I'm putting them in scary quotes. And... Um, I know better than you. I'd call that pride. You stupid cops, you stupid prosecutors, don't you know? Just arrest him. Don't make me get wrathful. I'm showing you my pride. I'm smarter than you. I'm not a lawyer. You are. I'm not a prosecutor. You are. I don't, I don't, I don't, 
I'm not an expert in civil liberties or the Charter of Rights or how to arrest people. I, I know, but just do it. Pride and wrath. And I want you to arrest people who have hate in their heart. And I don't know how you, uh, how you cops normally do anything, but I will help you out by making a list of people who I know have hate in their heart, and it starts with a Christian pastor named Derek Reimer. And just arrest, will you just arrest him already? You know, uh, a very, very famous moment in British history, King Henry II. So I'm talking 900 years ago the year 1170. There was a battle between the king and the Archbishop of Canterbury, who was the basically the Christian boss of the UK. And the king didn't like that. And so he said, I'm just quoting here, will no one rid me of this turbulent priest? Turbulent, that's a great word. Will no one rid me of this turbulent priest? And four knights thought, interpreted, understood this to be an order, a command to go and kill Thomas Beckett, the Archbishop of Canterbury. Will no one rid me of this turbulent priest? Why do I have to listen to this man of the cloth? Am I not king? Am I not king? Will no one rid me of this turbulent priest? And so four knights said, all right, message received. And they went and killed him. They went and killed him. They traveled across the English Channel, if I understand. And I'm just glancing here to make sure I understand. Um, I, I'm just reading here. The day after their arrival, they confronted Beckett in Canterbury Cathedral. They slashed him with their swords, killing him. Started a chain of events. Following the murder, Beckett was venerated and Henry was vilified. There were demands that the king be excommunicated. Pope Alexander forbade Henry to hear mass until he had expiated his sin. The four knights fled to Scotland. They were excommunicated by the Pope. And they had to take pilgrimages to the Holy Land for 14 years. Even a king's power was limited. Isn't that the moral of the story? Even a king, and that and that was a long time ago before our reformed, you know, constitutional monarchy of today. Mayor Jody Gondek thinks she is Henry II. And she thinks she can order police to arrest him. And look at them. Look at them arresting. And I'm not comparing Derek Reimer to the Archbishop of Canterbury. He's not quite that grand. But a pastor is a pastor. He's a clergyman. He's a man of the cloth. He committed no crime other than Jody Gondek just hates him. That guy, that cop there. I'm not answering any questions. 
unless you tell me your name. <laughs> what way you what you what's none of your business? Uh, so here's a video by our own Angelique uh, Toy, who says that apparently she's standing in front of the remand center. Looks chilly out there. She says he was released that night, but we don't know where he is. Take a look at this video. Angelica Toy here for Rebel News. I'm here at Calgary's Spy Hill Jail trying to confirm details about the incarceration of Pastor Derek Reimer. Pastor Derek was arrested Thursday afternoon on charges of a mischief and causing a disturbance after he was assaulted while protesting a drag queen story hour at a public library. To learn more and to contribute to his official legal fund so we can help him fight for the right to protest for all Calgarians, please visit SavePastorDerek.com. We just had an officer tell me that Pastor Derek was released at midnight last night, although we haven't been able to confirm that officially through the jail. We have one protester here who was here in support of Pastor Derek, who was blaring Christian music and sharing the gospel. I'm going to stick around until I can get concrete information on that Pastor Derek has been released or not. My colleague Sydney Fazard and I will continue to chase the facts. Another pastor that was incarcerated at this jail, Arta Pulowski, has a press conference planned for this afternoon, so stay tuned. And please visit SavePastorDerek.com to offset his legal fees to fight these outlandish charges in court. I think she's doing a great job. And you know what? It looked chilly out there. I just got my weather app open here. It's going down to minus 10 in Calgary today. It's going down to minus 15 tomorrow. It's going down to minus 18 on Sunday. It's going down to minus 22. Minus 22. How them apples, Olivia? That's how cold it was during the trucker convoy. That's how cold. That, that is very cold. So it looks cold. Um, not as cold as Jody Gondek's heart. Look, you cops keep telling me you can't arrest my enemies. Am I mayor or not? Either I'm mayor or I'm not. And I told you to arrest that, that pastor. So are you going to do it or am I going to have to tweet at you again? What a crooked mayor. But the fault lies with the police. Just because some thuggish mayor tells you to do something, you don't violate your oath and violate the Constitution to do it. You're not the private enforcers of some politician. Or are you? I think the way those cops behaved shows that they know they're doing something wrong. But the Calgary police force, like many police forces, is far gone down that path. They rolled up the window when he was talking to us. Why did they do that? If you can help us, go to savepastorderek.com. We're working. Yeah, why did they roll up the window there when he was talking to our reporter? They're a disgrace and they know it. I wonder if one of those cops in the front there was the same one who tasered, threatened to taser Ocean Weisblatt, the young kid who was skating on an outdoor hockey rink during the lockdowns. What do you think of that flashback to Thomas Beckett and Henry II? It's a little bit grandiose compared to 
Drag Queen Story Hour and Mayor Jody Gondek. But um, if even a king in 1170 can be rebuked for abusing his office, surely a mayor in 2023 can be. And I spoke with Derek Reimer's lawyer last night. And um, we'll have to interview him in the days ahead. But if I have anything to do about it, and I might, and if you have anything to do about it, and you could, I think we got to give this guy the best legal defense he can get, and I think we got to prove that the mayor is not the king. And even the king, when he said, well, no one rid me of that turbulent priest, even the king was wrong. If the king was wrong, this mayor was wrong. And this mayor is a lot more stupid than Henry II. All right. It's 1.44 Eastern Time, 11.44 in Mountain Time. Let's, you know what? I'm going to talk about this story a little bit more tonight, although I've covered a lot of ground today. Um, hey, can I show you something fun? We love Tamara Leach, the Joan of Arc of the truckers. And I'm not the only one. We're not the only one. You're not the only one. And although a lot of the establishment looks down their noses at her, not all the country's the same way. Not everyone is politically correct. Not everyone cares what the Toronto Star's editorial board thinks. Not everyone watches the CBC for their source of news. Some people use their own judgment, have their own moral compass. And one such person is a really good egg named Drew Barnes who I've had the pleasure of meeting. He's the MLA for a lovely city called Medicine Hat. And there's a story I won't get into now about Medicine Hat and Rudyard Kipling, my favorite poem, second favorite poet of all time after William Shakespeare, of course. And I think that Kipling and Shakespeare would have been friends for sure. Kipling was much more blunt and jingoistic, but uh, I think he was a fit for the times. We'll talk about that later. It has to do with the name of the town, Medicine Hat. Oh, I said it, half the story anyways. Medicine Hat, what a great town. And of course, Rudyard Kipling came through Canada. And then he heard that they were going to, the city elders were thinking of changing the name of Medicine Hat. I think they were going to change it to Gasburg. Did you know that? Because there's natural gas there and they discovered natural gas. Could you imagine changing the name Medicine Hat, such a gorgeous name, such a unique name, such a flavorful name, such a cultural name, such an aboriginal name, such a, like it just, what is a Medicine Hat? Are you not curious? And Rudyard Kipling heard about this halfway across the empire. And he wrote a scorching letter to Medicine Hat. Can you find that letter? I'll find it. Pump it up. I'll read it from the screen. And he wrote, he wrote to Medicine Hat. And he called them, he said, you may as well change the name of your city to Judasville. Let me find it. I think I got it. I think I got it. I got to find it. You know what? Rudyard Kipling was great. 
He wrote um, The Jungle Book. He wrote Gunga Din. He wrote The Man Who Would Be King. I'm having trouble finding it. Kipling medicine hat letter. I know you think he has remove on already. This is a trivial point. Shouldn't be this hard to find. I found it on the Kipling Society website. Ready? I found it. If you go to kiplingsociety.co.uk. This is a letter that he wrote. It was published in the Medicine Hat News on December 22nd, 1910. A man's city is a mere trifle more than a man's best girl. Her success is his success. Her shame is his shame. Her honor is his honor, and her good name is his good name. What then should a city be rechristened that has sold its name? Judasville. Oh, my God. Well, of course, Judas, you know who I'm talking about, the great betrayer. That's a little medicine hat story for you. Tamara Leach is from Medicine Hat. Drew Barnes is from Medicine Hat. Without further ado, thank you for letting me go on that tangent. Here's a video of Drew Barnes introducing Tamara Leach to the Alberta legislature. Good for him and good for her. Take a look. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome one of my constituents. She is a grandma, a musician, and a true leader within the freedom movement. She gave hope to all of Alberta, Canada, and the world. She was proud to stand strong and free in face of the worst government overreach in a generation, Tamara Leach. Tens of thousands of Canadians supported and helped Tamara. This includes a constitutional lawyer from Alberta who held the Prime Minister account during the Emergency Act inquiry. Please welcome Eva Chipiak and Tamara Leach. Ladies, please stand and accept the honorable member for Edison McLeod. For Cypress Medicine Hat. Isn't that great? Good for him. Good for her. And it's just a reminder that not every part of this country is as crooked as Ottawa. Something to keep in mind. And Medicine Hat still has its nature. It's not called Gasberg. It's not called Judasville. It's not disloyal. Um, it's 150. I've got to budget my time here. I was at, uh, I was a supporter of Ted Byfield's Alberta Report when that magazine went out of business. And I remember the glee on the hard left, not, not universally. The world was a bit different back then. That was about 20 years ago. But they thought, at last, we don't have to answer this conservative critic. I actually did something about that. You might know that I, I revived it in the form of something called the Western Standard, which lives on to this day in, in uh, Derek Philiprand's uh, organization. And I remember much more painfully when the Sun News Network went out of business eight years ago. The glee was much more pronounced because in the difference of time from, I forget when the Byfields went out of business, probably around 2003, 2000, something like that. Between 2003 and 2015, when the Sun News Network shut down, there's been a large cultural shift in Canada towards deplatforming, censorship, cancel culture, that sort of thing. 
And so when the Sun News Network went out of business in February 2015, the glee was palpable. It was noisy. It was, it was so much more pronounced, and frankly, I thought it was disgraceful. You should celebrate convincing people, but not silencing them. If you silence them, you haven't changed their mind. In fact, it's sort of an admission that you haven't that you haven't persuaded anyone. In both cases, the left said, ha-ha, there is no demand in the market for these. Well, anyone who pretends that the media is a market-driven business doesn't know that Trudeau is the number one benefactor of the mainstream media in Canada, and he's trying to make big tech the second largest benefactor. And besides just the philosophical concept, that we should have a debate, we should have different points of view, we should air it and let truth and falsehood grapple. That's how you convince people. That's why I don't like, you know, I'm, I'm a Jew and I went to Jewish school and, and my principal and my Yiddish teacher were Holocaust survivors. In fact, they met in a concentration camp. This was in the 70s uh, that I went to this school. And we talked about the Holocaust and we learned about it and I believe it in my bones and I was taught it by two survivors. But here we are in 2023 and not everyone knows the story. You know, it, it was 80 years ago. Not everyone comes from our Western tradition. A lot of newcomers to this country just simply don't know anything about it. And so sometimes you hear someone who is skeptical of the Holocaust or simply asks questions about it in an indelicate way. I, I wouldn't even use the word Holocaust denier, but you do encounter some. And the first reflex by some people is to jump on them and smash them to pieces. Where instead, at least for the good faith question askers, an answer would be better. Because like I say, I take it on faith that the Holocaust happened, that six million died, that it was a cruel act of Nazism, it was a horrific event with, with many aspects to it, but, but that's because I understand it, I'm Jewish, I, I, I went to a Jewish school, I had these Holocaust survivor teachers. But what about someone who just comes to Canada from a part of the world where that's not part of their history and their shared experience? If you come from China, if you come from India, if you come from, from the Philippines, places that really weren't involved, they weren't even in Europe, and they didn't teach about it, they didn't watch Schindler's List as kids. And so they come to Canada and they were told something terrible happened, and they have question, and then maybe they're dumb questions. The answer is to, to give a good answer to a dumb question, not to smash them to smithereens and say, you may never question that. Now, obviously, if someone is a bad faith uh, communicator, that's a little bit different. But I, I think that the smashing of um, the other side probably creates more anti-Semites than answering them. And this is my view about censorship, is that if you let truth and falsehood grapple, people will watch that and people will learn. If you allow people to ask impolite questions and you give a good answer, the hundred people who are watching the conversation might be convinced. Whereas, if you censor a voice that you don't like, you have convinced no one of anything other than that you're a bully and that someone had an idea so powerful that you didn't know how to rebut it. And this is all a windy way to my point, which is Rachel Gilmore, the disgrace of global news, the fabulous, the fantasist, the baiter, the clickbaiter, the TikTok princess of global news is out of work. 
She got fired by Global News. Laid off, I think, is the term they use. They're just cost-cutting. In fact, in a series of tweets, do you have those tweets, Olivia? Let's show those tweets of Rachel Gilmore. And I, and I, I say, although I, I have no patience for her, I don't cheer when anyone becomes unemployed. I really don't, other than a politician. Hi, friends. I'm heartbroken to share I have been laid off from Global News. I poured my heart and soul into the work I did alongside amazing colleagues, and I dealt with some horrifying backlash for it. But I wouldn't change a thing. 1.7 million views of that tweet. Wow. Two weeks ago, Canadian journalists for free expression honored me and others with the Tara Singh Higher Memorial Award. It recognizes a journalist who made an important contribution to press freedom and who has taken personal risks or suffered physical reprisals for their work. That's the laugh. Tara Singh Hyer was murdered. Rachel Gilmore got some mean tweets. Let's keep reading some more. I am so incredibly proud of what I achieved in my two and a half years at Global News. I'm not sure quite what she achieved. Uh, she did a lot of TikTok videos about how you should uh, maybe not meet with uh, your unvaccinated family over Christmas. It was, she was super gross, actually. I broke so many stories about the far right in Canada. No, you don't, sister. You didn't break those stories. You just insulted and smeared Trudeau's enemies. The so-called freedom convoy. Right there, you're just showing you're not a journalist. And more recently, about TikTok. About TikTok, you're, you're the Chinese government's asset here. Keep going. I covered the rising hate against the drag community. There you go again. I exposed China's pressure campaigns on activists abroad. I was able to spend more than two months living and working in Tunisia, where I helped trained women and girls to tell their own stories. I don't know anything about that. My work at Global News has led to threats against me, my friends, and my family. But I'm so proud of myself, and so are they. You know what? I don't know if you remember. I did a show a few weeks ago when I went through her accusations. I want to give you the death threat she referred to, because she actually put this in her video, and I freeze-framed, and I read, she, she said, look at this, I got a death threat. Can you call that up, or at least play some of it, Olivia? Um, so she talked about three incidents, about how she was terrified and threatened, and someone wanted to murder her. I thought, wow, that sounds pretty bad, even though the police never seemed to take it seriously. Now, police take things very seriously. Uh, when I was a baby lawyer, I don't know, 20 years ago, um, Police moved fast, at least in Edmonton, where I went to law school. They moved fast on anything dealing with restraining orders and, and women and, and abusive spouses. Like that, of, the legal system moves very slowly. The police move very slowly. Uh, one of the very first things I did as a lawyer is I, I drafted a restraining order for a woman, and I served it on the man who was threatening her. I actually had to go into prison and serve the prisoner this document. Can you imagine? It was the first time I'd ever been in prison in my life, maximum security. And I had to get buzzed in, and they called the prisoner out. He had no idea who he was meeting. And it was me. I was an article student. I hand him the restraining order. Uh, so I learned a little bit about restraining orders. And although they're very flawed, and then it's just a piece of paper, they, they actually are a signal to police that this is something that a judge has already looked at. This is extremely risky and dangerous. So if this woman ever calls again immediately go and help her. Don't ask a bunch of preliminary questions. This is dangerous. That's, that's my experience with restraining orders. That was 20 years ago now. But even 20 years ago, I would imagine they're even more attentive to them now. I say all this because if a young woman is truly under threat, 
and especially if that young woman is talking about it in the media all the time, you better believe police are attentive to it. They were even 20 years ago when I was doing that law. So if the police didn't charge anyone, is it because they hate Rachel Gilmore? Are they far right? Or is it because she's a liar, a fabulist, a story maker-upper? How long is that video clip there? Let's play that clip you got right there. We're just going to set it up here. I actually, like she talked about this, on, and I froze frame what she was talking about. You're not even going to believe what she called a death threat. And maybe, just maybe, you'll understand why the police didn't do anything because she made the whole thing up. She, But as you saw in that last tweet, she's very proud of herself, and she won an award named after someone who was actually murdered. Listen to this. Take a look. Stalked, and I don't feel safe leaving my house anymore. Being stalked. Well, that's pretty serious. That would be scary. But what was the evidence she put on her page then? Well, another anonymous email. I'll, I'll read it to you, or the part she's not blocking. She says, just so you know, we've had people posing as stringers, infiltrating you guys across the country for years, long before COVID came along. Did you ever wonder how home addresses and hangouts of people leak out, including ones of health officials who were nobodies before 2020. And it goes on like that. A stringer, by the way, is, is someone who works occasionally uh, for a media company, sort of on a freelance basis. So some stranger write, is writing an email to Rachel Gilmore. She put it on the screen. And she says that this email writer, who's, I don't know, in some band of right-wingers or whatever, has actually been infiltrating global news like with fake employees called the stringers for years now, going back to before the pandemic. So I guess like 2019 before I think Rachel Gilmore even worked there. Maybe she was very new there posing as journalists, like some sort of Soviet sleeper cell in the West waiting to be activated. Do you really believe that? That the trucker convoy or whoever she hates today that three years ago, before the trucker convoy was even a thing, before there was even a pandemic, before there was a convoy, three years ago that these truckers or whoever infiltrated global news with fake journalists and they are stalking her from within her own company. That's what that email says. And she is so terrified by that that the stalkers are actually working right next to her in global news that she is literally crying. Rachel, you're a liar, sister. You're a liar. That was an insane story. Like, So someone has been working as a journalist for four years, waiting for the moment to do something mean to Rachel Gilmore, and, and she's crying over that. But there's actually another clip, Olivia, if you can find it, where she refers to the Mary screw kill actually I'm, I'm gonna swear now there's a college game or just a fun beer game like you know there's goofy games like uh what's that uh cards against humanity i've never played it but it's like uh atrocious insulting unethical jokes you know it's, it's what you you know you get drunk with friends and you play i i have not played it but it, it looks like fun and there's a fun goofy thing it's not even a proper game i'm gonna swear now but that's part of the title of it have you ever heard of the game Mary Fuck Kill? I and I'm sorry I'm swearing. That's just the name of the game, and, and you'll understand why. I'm, so it's a it's a goofy thing. You play with friends if you're drunk. I 
actually have not played it. Uh, I'm guessing it's the kind of thing if you're in college in your dorm with you just go back and forth, you're you're killing some time. And what you do is you put three names to people, either celebrities or people you know, and you force people to choose which one would you marry. You have to marry, screw, or kill um, them. So you have to, obviously it's a joke. So well, I would marry her, I would, I'm, I'm saying screw now, I don't want to say F word. You have to marry her, screw her, and kill her, or whatever. It's a joke. It's, it's, it's like... Um, which would you rather do, kiss your mom? Or, you know, it's, it's like a silly joke. And even I, Mr. Squaresville, have heard of this. And I know it's a goofy joke. You're not actually going to marry that person. You're not actually going to screw that person. And you're not actually going to kill that person. It, it would be like, here's your three colleagues at work. You have to marry one of them. You have to have sex with one of them. And you have to kill one of them. Which would, it's, a, it's a goofy joke. It's a drinking game joke. That's what she, that's her evidence that someone wants to kill her because they didn't put her in the marry or screw category. Take a look at this. And again, she's the source of this. Take a look. I'm a female reporter and I have been receiving death threats for months now. My DMs, my replies on Twitter, my emails, this is what they look like every day. And it's not just me. People are targeting female and especially women of color journalists trying to silence our voices. Myself and my colleagues, Erica and Saba, have been on the receiving end of these for months and we've reported it to the police. And so far, nothing has happened. Meanwhile, we've been told that our photos were plastered to the wall of a garage and they were deciding which one of us they wanted to kill. And we're told that we're being stalked and I don't feel safe leaving my house anymore. Every day, it's like this, every day. When right-wing influencers talk about me, okay, stop, I get another stop, one. Stop, stop. Um, can you find my treatment of that? Because, or can you go back and freeze it? Because I'll show you. Uh, sorry, th yeah, so that's her tearful video where she's laying out the proof that she was threatened. I showed you that the stalker thing was someone claiming, we've been working with you for four years. You don't know it, but we got a job. We applied for work at Global News as a journalist. And for the last four years, we've been doing such good work at Global that we haven't been laid off. So we, we're your colleagues and we're just waiting for the moment to, like, she believed that, or I don't think she believed that. I think she just thought, so, so if you can, yeah. So, um, yeah, there you go. Thank you. That's exactly right. So when she was saying this, in the background, she had evidence of what made her scared. Scroll up a little bit. Give me a little bit because you, you see it's, yeah. Something, okay, a little bit more, a little bit more from the very top. There really was a wall of photos in the garage, and it was like those things you'd see in detective movies with the hierarchy. They used electrical tape to connect lines from the photos. Most of the ones on the top level looked to be non-racialized men. But they were a lower tier of C words. If you ask me, it's something, something thing. But then again, it was beside the gun something, just beat up gays. The only, they paid a big squaw lady to shove white lady into a wall in Victoria, but something like, I'm sorry, I'm okay. So I, I'm, you can see, I can't see all of it, but this is just some gossipy sort of crazy friend who's ranting. But here's the part. Sorry, I'm okay with, so yeah, I think it's beer talk. This Saba something, F word, and all the horny something. 
the game marry, kill, or something game thing, who would you marry? They would F Saba and kill you and then something Mesley, who they seem to think is. So, so you can see, I can just see scraps of words. And apparently there was white men that they were going to kill and something. But now this is just, and I don't know if this garage exists and I don't know. And beer jocked off for laughs, ever wants to marry, kill, drunk FBI a few times. I doubt. Like you see, you see she's blocking most of the letter. But it's clear from what she's not blocking that someone is describing some place, I don't even believe it uh, in general, but the death threat she's talking about was actually not a death threat to her, was not actually a threat to anyone. It was some goofy guys, and they mentioned beer, who have other, who I don't even believe that lines and electrical tape. I'm sorry, I don't believe it. But if you boil it down to the essential charge of I was threatened, I had a death threat, no one talked to you. No one threatened you. No one communicated with you. Your crazy conspiracy friend, conspiracy theory friend, told you that a group of some people somewhere played Mary, Screw, or Kill. And um, that is not a death threat. That is not a threat at all. That's secondhand hearsay by a crazy person. And you were crying about that. And you got a medal named after someone who was actually murdered for real. And you're wondering why the police aren't dispatching the entire SWAT team to rescue you. Because you're a crazy liar. That said, even crazy liars deserve to earn a living. And I'm sure she'll bounce back. And I predict that as soon as next week, she will be working for the CBC. My friends, it's 2.10. Let me read some super chats. Long Meadow, five bucks. I emailed my conservative MP about the CPC stance on Ukraine. I'm anti-war and diplomacy is the answer. He states the CPC supports the Trudeau government's decision to send tanks, weapons, and provisions. Yeah, it's... It makes no sense. What's the end game there? I, I keep hearing Western politicians saying, we'll, we'll be there to the end. We'll be there all the way. To the end of what? What is the end? What is the exit strategy? What's the goal? Regime change in Russia to, can you show me the Zero Hedge headline? Just don't, uh, um, don't show me the whole story. Just that tweet from Zero Hedge. I, I think I showed it to you earlier. You know, Russia invaded Ukraine in 2014 under Obama and annexed the Crimea. And then they invaded under Biden and, and seemed to want to annex other parts. Here's a headline just the other day in um, February 27th in uh, Zero Hedge. Zelensky says Ukraine is preparing to attack Crimea. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said Friday that Ukraine is preparing to launch attacks to recapture Crimea by forming new military units and sending troops to train in other countries. Click on the link when it says said Friday. What, what link is that? Ukraine form. Um, Zelensky on Crimea's recapture. We are preparing for this. I don't know what Ukraine form. It sounds like, uh, scroll up. I've never, yeah. And go to the, the, the little hamburger, the three lines in the top left corner. And is there an about? Who is Ukraine form? Um, do we know who they are? 
I'm guessing it's a pro-Ukraine news source. Anyways, is that the end game here? We're going to invade Russia proper. They annexed Ukraine. Uh, it's been that way for nine years. Like it or not, that's just how it is. You're going to retake Ukraine. You're going to you're going to invade. Okay, let's play one more clip. It's a clip of of Zelensky talking about Western boys and girls coming to fight and die. Like, is this is this the end game? What's the end game? Here, take a listen to this. Incredible. And uh, uh, I'm actually very happy that we have bipartisan support, but uh, we keep hearing those messages from time to time, and they're dangerous. Uh, there are political leaders that are elected by people, and if this issue is raised, uh, those political leaders need to be responsible and cautious because people are looking at them. Who wants a third world war? Would anyone uh, risk? Would anyone be willing to accept that risk? The U.S. is never going to give up on the NATO member states. If it happens so that Ukraine, due to various opinions and weakening depleting of assistance, uh, uh, loses, Russia is going to enter Baltic states, NATO member states, and then the U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way as we are sending their sons and daughters to war, and they will have to fight because it's uh, NATO that we're talking about, and they will be dying, God forbid, because it's a horrible thing. Oh, just that. Hey, guys, got some news for you. Uh, by the way, I'm informed that Ukraine Forum is actually a government media agency there. Um, is that is that the position of NATO? Is that the position of Canada, either the Trudeau government or the Polyev opposition? Is it because that sounds crazy to me? And um, you know who is tweeting every single day for peace? You know who I'm talking about, Olivia. He met with Zelensky, gave him a handshake. He's expressed support for Ukraine. But he does not want World War III over it. And his name is Viktor Orban, and he's the president of Hungary. And every day he's tweeting in English, if this war continues, ever more people will die. If this war continues, hyperinflation, the threat of... So he's talking about the economy there. But almost every day he's tweeting in English that he supports a diplomatic solution and peace. Very interesting to me how he's positioning things. Yeah, look at this. Russia attacked. This war is not taking place at an inconceivable distance from us. This war is so he's against the war, neighboring us, taking its toll on everyone. It is bad for Ukrainians. It's bad for Russians. Bad for Hungarians. It's bad for Europe. And it's becoming clear that it's bad for the whole world. Yeah, who could, who could possibly disagree with that? Hundreds of thousands of people are dying. And an unimaginable amount of assets is being destroyed. The Hungarian government looks on with grave concern, step by step. Yeah, I mean, I think he's overemphasizing the, the dollars here, although I, I suppose that's a real consideration. The human life is obviously more precious than money, but he's not against Ukraine. He's not 
for Putin. He's just saying, hey, how about we negotiate a settlement here? Let me read two more Super Chats, and then I got a skedaddle. Fraser McBurney, how you doing, Fraser? It's impossible to believe that a so-called conservative city like Calgary could elect an Antifa-loving mayor like Jody Gondek. The world has gone mad. Well, she's really not much different than her predecessor, Nahid Nenshi. I don't know what's wrong with Calgary. They've been electing liberals for decades. Even Ralph Klein was a liberal when he was mayor. He only switched to conservative to become premier. And Fraser McBurney, if you get to go to Canterbury like I have, you can stand on the spot where Thomas Beckett died. They don't teach history like we did back in the good old days. Yeah, I mean, I just think of that whenever people say, shut up the priest, shut him up, shut up Arthur Pavlovsky, shut him up. Because that's the thing about priests and pastors is they have a higher authority that they pray to besides the prime minister or the premier or the mayor. Imagine believing in something higher than Mayor Jody Gondek. Am I the mayor or what? It's 2.16. Thanks for being with me today. I got to run. Tune back in at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain. For monologue, I'm going to talk about Derek Reimer's situation some more. We'll interview Angelica. Hopefully, we'll be able to find the pastor till then. All right. On behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters to you at home, goodbye. And keep fighting for freedom. From the National Security Intelligence Advisor to the CSIS Director to the panels of people who were involved in this process are testifying publicly before committee of parliament of parliamentary committee on everything that was done and that needs to be conti continued to be done and should be done in the future. So all these processes are going on and demonstrate the seriousness with which this government in this country needs to take the question of foreign interference. And as we move forward, as these processes unfold, I'm sure they will highlight more that we need to do, areas we need to do more, and we will be there to do whatever is necessary to meet two goals. First of all, to ensure that our election integrity holds, that our democracy is defended against foreign interference. And second, that Canadians can have confidence in our institutions, in our democracies, in our ability to defend ourselves. These are things that are under, being undergone right now because, as a government, we have always taken this issue extraordinarily seriously, as Canadians expect us to. And of